This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Green Day was playing City Field earlier this week, so it would be very easy to make a Boulevard of Broken Dreams reference right off the top. It's not going to happen. I choose to march in the army of optimism, to quote Drew Barrymore, of all people. I guess somewhere in between Green Day and Drew Barrymore is probably where the truth lies. But the bottom line is the Mets did just lose three out of four to last place Miami. And now they go play the team that is breathing a hot dragon breath right down their necks. We dive inside. Coming up. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while your coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. Scootily down. Oh, the Phillies win again, the Mets lose again. Not the way you want to begin a podcast. Mets lose 4-2. And the Mets offense is like that colorful spinning wheel on your laptop when it freezes. Buffering, buffering, buffering. July 21st, the last time they scored more than five runs in a ball game. Maybe they're about to finally sing like Sinatra here, but of late, they've been Tuesday night karaoke, if that's the analogy we're actually going to go with. Josh Lewin with you. These are the times to try men's souls and women's and kids and your pets. If you're a Mets fan, the angst factory is open for business. I get it. It was like this in 2015 when Sandy Alderson coined the term Panic City. And the population then, after a seven-game road losing streak, was in the millions. Well, traffic and congestion eased in Panic City that summer when the Mets started to win and win big. All that happened towards the end of July. As you may recall, the hope is that this year it's going to happen again, just maybe a a couple weeks later than before. Let's dip our toes into the icy waters of the Thursday matinee game very slowly, kind of ease on in. We'll start by giving you the pitching matchup, veteran Rich Hill against surprise Marlins starter Braxton Garrett. Here's a stat that may mess with your head, but why not? Let's go there. Take your mind off everything else. Rich Hill's lifetime strikeouts per nine innings numbers And for that matter, Carlos Carrasco's lifetime strikeouts per nine innings numbers are higher than Johan Santana, David Price, Hideo Nomo, Madison Bumgarner, Kurt Schilling, and Roger Clemens. Minimum 1,000 innings pitched, 15 of the top 22 all-time are active on this list because, of course, strikeouts are being handed out now like Halloween candy across the sport. But here's the up-to-the-moment list. Chris Sale is number one. You Darvish, they both got about 11 strikeouts per nine. DeGrom is third on this list at 10.8. Then Max Scherzer. Then Randy Johnson. Strasburg, Cole, Kerry Wood, Pedro Martinez. Chris Archer is number 10. Remember him? Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, Corey Kluber. Nolan Ryan is 14th. Then Oliver Perez, yeah, is number 15. Carrasco and Hill are 16 and 17. Then it's Trevor Hoffman, Hall of Famer, Tim Lincecum, the great Sandy Koufax, Justin Verlander after that, and Lance Lynn. 15 of the top 22 strikeout guys of all time, 1,000 innings minimum, are on active rosters right now. So 
now that I've blown some gray matter out of your brain, let's go to Lone Depot Park. I put it off as long as I can. Top of the first, bases loaded, nobody out for the Mets. Davis strikes out, Baez strikes out, Conforto flies out. Not even one of those patented Mets bases loaded walks. They've had 14 of those this year, been hit by pitches four times. Three bites at the apple, nothing doing. And that would set a bit of a tone. Braxton Garrett tiptoed through the minefield for five scoreless innings on his 24th birthday. Mets had eight left on base in those five innings. They were 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Four for 35 in the series at that point. A thread in the top of the sixth, Albert Almora Jr., Miami native, a double. He had three hits all year as a Met coming in it today. Three in his first three at-bats in this game. Headed now to Philly, we note that Almora married a former 76ers cheerleader who was also briefly a Flyers ice girl. Just throwing that out there for you. So Almora doing well in this day game. The other former Cub in the lineup, Javier Baez, 0 for his first three, three strikeouts, and we will update those numbers in a bit. Baez has chased 48% of pitches with the pitcher behind in the count this year. That's second highest in the majors. He just can't help himself. Anyway, Almora at second for Brandon Nimmo, pinch hitting two out. Took a very rare 3-0 swing, fouled it off. Second time in his big league career he had swung 3-0 ever. Count goes to 3-2, and two. Nimmo walks. Two on for Jonathan VR, and surely... The Mets wouldn't leave 10 on base through six innings, right? Right? Yards a high fly, left center field, headed for the gap, coming in for it. I'm able to get there is Brinson. Around third is Almora. He scores the tying run, and the Mets finally come through. Jonathan Villar with a two-out base hit, ties the game. It was a liner toward left center field. Brinson with great speed, but that ball started to die quickly. And Brinson could not reach it. Wayne Randazzo with the call on WCBS. And yeah, against his former Baltimore teammate, David Hess. Thank you, Jonathan VR. Next, Pete Alonso, down 0-2 against Hess, who was, uh, shall we say, leaking oil, having pitched three times in four days. Pete works the count full, draws a walk himself. They're loaded up for Dom Smith against reliever Paul Campbell. Dom flies out. So no, not 10 men left on base through six. Give me 11. That got Rich Hill off the hook, at least. And, man, he's been as advertised so far. Three starts along, five decent innings every time. This one, the best one so far. One unearned run, and that's it. Still tied up 1-1, bottom eight. The LOB total now at 12 for the Mets. Bottom of the eighth, young umpire Shane Livingsparger fails to give Jairus Familia benefit of the doubt on a close pitch to Miguel Rojas. Miguel Rojas walks. Luis Rojas squawks from the dugout. Nothing changed. The exciting Jazz Chisholm bumping a single and a right, so now two on, nobody out. Familia still seething a bit about the walk. Then Jesus Alfaro singles in Rojas. It's 2-1 to one Miami now. Michael Conforto's throw to the plate was terrific and awfully close, but Trey Hillman's send as a third base coach was a good one. Lewis Brinson having a big series. Two-run double up the right center alley. Familia had been pitching so well. 25 strikeouts in his last 15 innings, but this was just not his day. Faced five batters, retired only one of them. Four to one, and Miami's Anthony Bender is on looking for his second career big league save. Mets get a break. Alonzo reaches on a Rojas fielding error. Dom Smith lines out to Chisholm. It's up to J.D. Davis to get on base to let maybe Baez work his magic. At this point, four strikeouts in the game for Almago, the golden sombrero. Do we hear platinum? Uh, yeah, five strikeout game for Baez, the third of his career. 
but this one in just his sixth ever game as a Met. The last Met with a five-strikeout game, Ryan Thompson in 1993. That was an extra inning game nearly 30 years ago, right? So the only other Mets to have done that, five strikeouts in a game, Dave Kingman, Frank Tavares, uh, Ron Swoboda. And we'll do a shtick on Platinum Sombrero games a little bit later. But for now, the inning continues. Michael Conforto, last of the Mohicans, 0 for 3 at this point. His batting average exactly at 200. On 0 and 2, a little spinning chopper to Brian Anderson at third. Anderson clanks it. Second Marlins error of the inning, meaning one more chance. What do you do if you're the Mets? You go get the pinch hitting magician for this spot. Yes, Brandon Drury. 8 for 18 as a pinch hitter, three doubles, three homers. Can Drury wipe out the dreary? The pride of Grants Pass, Oregon, gets down one and two, squibs one up the middle. No one can make a play on it. So now run scores. It's four to two. Drury now nine for 19 off the bench. Bender, the reliever, has got to feel like he's been out of this inning five times. But here's Almora now. Another chance for the Mets, and he's already got three hits. He's up there knowing one more saves the game, saves the series but he bounces out to second, meaning they left the bases loaded again. 15 left on base in nine innings. Go back to the final third of the game the day before. Total it up, last 12 innings, 23 runners left on base. That is really tough to do. 4-2 Marlins, the final. Mets and Marlins had been two very different teams in close games this year. The Mets really good, the Marlins really bad, but this one goes to the home team, and the Mets indeed Dropped three out of four, having just lost two of three to the Reds. It is not the head of steam they wanted heading into Philly. After it was over, Michael Conforto tried to make sense of it all. Uh, definitely not the way we wanted it to go. Um, you know, obviously we want to win every single day we, we show up. Um, at this point, we're moving forward. We're going, we're going to Philly. You know, offensively, obviously it's been a story all season long. You guys as a group you know, should be based on history much better than this. Why do you think at this point in the season, it's still yet to come together the way that you expect it would? Uh, I don't know if I have an answer for you, but we we still expect it to to come together. Um, you know, we go out there every, every single day, like I said, to win, to score a lot of runs, to, to shut down innings on the mound, to shut down uh, lineups on the mound play great defense. Um, that's our expectation. We're going to keep keep showing up with that attitude. Well, not much Conforto or anyone can say. The Mets have changed hitting coaches. They've cycled through all these players, survived a couple games. Their starting outfield was Cameron Maben, Khalil Lee, and Janeshwi Fargus, but they're still not hitting. Luis Rojas weighed in afterwards as well. It, it's, we, we talked about the start of the game, I think, uh, yesterday here and how sometimes we way to get going second time through or even third time through. And I thought we had a pretty good start having the bases loaded no out. But then once again, we, um, I mean, almost we show up as if, as if we weren't um, prepared to face that pitcher and what the pitcher had. So uh, he kind of hunt us uh, needing those runs uh, later in the game. Um, I mean, yeah, you, know, you got to keep working hard. And it's a tough loss, like all losses are. And uh, we know exactly what happened, but, we got to keep working hard at these things. I know we ask you pretty much every day now about the offense, but if you just look at the history for a lot of these players, the offense should clearly be much better than it is right now. Why do you think it's been this way? Why, why do you think into August it's just still been a struggle for these guys that historically have had success? Yeah, I mean, some, some things do look a little different. Um, 
And, and uh, you know, I was just mentioning how we're, we haven't been on time with fastball specifically. And I mean, I, I, I just think you go more for that pitch than anything. I mean, you can, a guy will probably give you a percentage in pitches that, that is thrown in zone and you can sit in a, in a second, in a, on a secondary and you could probably find it and hit it. But I, I think overall with the fastballs where we have, we've had a lot of trouble. Thanks to the skipper, and he's right. Conforto last year, 327 against fastballs, this year 179. Baez arrived hitting 180 against fastballs. Dom Smith, the notable exception, he's hitting 323 against fastballs this year. But overall, fastball, curveball, knuckleball, Lonzo ball, uh, what a forgettable series in South Florida. The five strikeout thing we mentioned earlier, Baez is on a list of only four other Mets to have done it. We mentioned Ryan Thompson most recently. Ryan Thompson's son, Trevor, speaking of basketball a moment ago, he was a star basketball player at Ohio State and is now playing overseas in Poland. Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, the Major League record is uh, six strikeouts in a game, albeit all of those in games that went deep into extra innings. Sam Horn of the Red Sox did it quite famously against the Royals in the early 90s, and the late Mike Flanagan had the best line. He said, three strikeouts is a hat trick. Four is a sombrero, five is a golden sombrero, six is now forever called a horn. Moving on with the big series in Philly on deck, let's do a little Philly deep dive here. Let you know what's what. This is going to be a classic case of two teams going in opposite directions. If these teams had both started in Kansas, one is now at the Canadian border, the other is in El Paso. The last four to five weeks, unfortunately, this has been the best version of the Phillies all year. They won again yesterday, coming from behind to do it. They lead the majors in extra base hits and walks since July 1st, or second in runs per game behind the Dodgers since then. The uh, real downer for them, I guess, is Andrew McCutcheon is hurt. He's been terrific since July 1st. The only guys with a higher OPS in the NL, Votto, Soto, Machado, Turner, Tatis, and Harper. More on Harper in a sec. So you got McCutcheon out. Other guys have picked up the slack. Obviously, Bryce Harper. Uh, It may pain you to look at this, but the only other qualified player in the majors this year with a 300 batting average, 400 OBP, 500 slugging slash line is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Reese Hoskins, 19 of his last 24 hits have gone for extra bases. One of three National League players with 25 doubles and 20 home runs, joining Arenado and Jesse Winker. Real Muto, 31 extra base hits as a catcher, That is first in the National League. He is just coming off a 12-for-26 road trip. Real Muto has never made the playoffs. Remember, the Phillies have gone the longest in the National League without reaching the postseason. Alec Boehm has been better. Uh, He's hitting 320 in his last 40 games. Segura is fourth in the National League in hits, even though he missed a month. So that just kind of lets you know Philly is hot. They've won 7 out of 10. They're within a half a game. Stroman against the newly acquired Kyle Gibson. That's your opener in the Friday night game. Saturday, Tyler McGill against Ranger Suarez, who's a lefty, moved out of the bullpen with a 1.04 ERA. Wow, that's better than McGill. Taiwan Walker for the Sunday day game finale against our old buddy Zach Wheeler, who's having a great year. Nine wins, 2.57. At least the Mets miss Aaron Nola, but those three guys they are getting, they've all been pitching very well. We mentioned Kyle Gibson coming in from the Rangers. He adds to a rotation that ranks 12th in the National League in ERA. He slots in very nicely. Ian Kennedy should be pretty good for them in the bullpen. Joins Archie Bradley. 
Of course, their pen has been a little better lately, but there's a lot of damaged skin there. Phillies fans don't trust it. This is an oddly constructed group. They're they're very top-heavy in an era where teams value depth and versatility. They've got some championship-level pieces in the lineup, but I think their supporting cast is very thin, and that's cost them. Their last three Septembers, they've gone 33-53. and So I don't know if the Phillies can maintain what they're doing right now. Second longest playoff drought in baseball. The Mariners, the the only team going worse over the last several years. But you hire Dave Dombrowski to get a job done, right? He's lived an amazing baseball life, given the money and power to build a World Series champion for the Marlins in 97. He did it, went to the Tigers, got them into the World Series anyway, goes to the Red Sox, gets them in the World Series, just kind of putting money everywhere it needed to be. So uh, that's his story. He's in Philly now. That's the design. They are supposed to win right now. Can the Mets find a way to put this all together like the Phillies have done recently? I I know this stretch right now is painful for all of us, but the hope on the horizon is that they're ready to, to get going. And this is in advance of the toughest test this side of a Harvard Med School entrance exam. They got those 13 games straight very soon against the Giants and the Dodgers. Does Harvard have a med school? They do, right? I I don't want to end with a full-on Cosmo Kramer claiming that I'm a a Juilliard-trained dermatologist. So uh, on that weird note, I guess that'll do it for today. The only other levity I can offer is the chance to meet the house band, the Mets in the Morning house band. You ready? On keyboards, it's Henry Mejia. Slapping the bass, give it up for Damon Buford. Our horn section, John Lannon. And on drums, ladies and gentlemen, how about David Segui? This is Josh Lewin. Thanks, as always, for listening. Back on Monday with a recap of what will hopefully have been a very productive U-turn against those fighting fills. Mets lose in Miami on Thursday. That's our headline. Take care.